Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we are continuing a journey throughout good old Genesis. And now we're into the stories where a lot of people are less familiar with these ones. Because if they're trying to read an ancient book, this is about the time where they're like, it's just getting weird. I don't know. <laughs> but usually Genesis has enough narrative that people can, can make it through it. So... Here's what we get into today. We're continuing the story of Jacob, who now has two wives by accident. No, no, one was on purpose. One was on purpose. The other one was tricked. A, a trick, which was enacted by his uncle. And I imagine his daughter must have taken part in the trick as well. How well, willingly, I don't know. It was his uncle, but now it's technically his father-in-law. Right. Yeah. Right. So now father-in-law, uncle, all of them together. Uh, we now have the story continuing with this soap opera that gets very complex between several Because he technically married both daughters? Does that mean No, it's... don't, 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 don't go there. <laughs> nope. So, a few things that we will hit on instead of wherever you were going is, um, let's remember our characters. Jacob, he's been a deceiver in the past. Uh, he's tricked his brother. His family has been somewhat deceptive. He's now met his uncle, who has been a deceiver and will continue to be a deceiver. <laughs> he has also, uh, we've met Leah, who had dim eyes, whatever that means, is something related to attractiveness compared to her sister, Rachel, whom Jacob really loved, who was quite attractive. Wait, could dim eyes just be like depression back in the day? I don't think so. But whatever it does mean, they related it to, uh, um, in some way connected to her attractiveness of sorts, so it seems. So with all that being said, we now have all these characters, one big unhappy family, and remember when Hagar and Sarah and Abraham all kind of get in this twisted polygamy type relationship and there's all this soap opera stuff that starts happening? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's going to happen here too because that's what happens when you intertwine intimate relationships in ways that don't match the Garden of Eden. So in this particular case, um, this particular case, it starts with God seeing Leah. Remember how God's attention is always on the one who seems to be missed. Like Jacob is the second born. God's attention is there. Uh, other stories that I'm Hagar. <laughs> Hagar is is a slave girl, and yet God's attention is there. God is always focused on kind of these these little ones that would otherwise be missed. So normally the least of these. Yeah, where God's attention has always been, uh, especially demonstrated with Jesus when God puts on flesh and shows that constantly. Uh, God's attention is on Leah at the start of this because Leah is now the new overseen one, the new one who... That's uh, his first wife? Yes, the one that he's been tricked into marrying and the one whom Jacob does not uh, care for. So here's kind of how the story goes. A little bit of reading today. Um, and it starts in verse... 
Where does it start? 2931. Right. Okay. The Lord saw that Leah was hated. So not just like not a great relationship, right? Ouch. He opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. So now we're back to this like barren theme that keeps coming up through Genesis. And God is seen as this one who's like the source of life. So Leah conceives and bears a son. And she called his name Reuben, for she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She gave him a child. She gave him a son. And this is, you know, they, they look for children. That's a huge deal in ancient times. Uh, and Reuben's the first one. His name means, see, a son. <laughs> They're pretty literal in their namings. <laughs> but, so, so he wasn't named after the sandwich. Well, no. What? No, no. The sandwich might be named after him. <laughs> Which is a little weird. Mm, especially because it's like a love sandwich. And we, nope. Nope. That's not what I... I'm just anyway, going to sink on. back into my chair for a second episode. Cows. <laughs> uh, not what we were talking about. Reuben's born, and her desire is like, yes, now my husband will be into me. Now he'll care about me. Now he'll love me instead of hate me. And that doesn't really seem to be the case, or so it seems, because she conceives again, bears another son, and says, because the Lord had heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon, which means, uh, it sounds like the word for heard. So it's kind of like the Hagar story. God has seen me. In this case, God has heard me, right? Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And Levi means, uh, sounds like the word for attached. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. <laughs> So it took the fourth time for her to praise the Lord? Well, therefore she called his name Judah, which my wife Jody, like that's the female equivalent, I think, of Judah. Uh, which sounds like something like, like praise. Uh, so, yeah, then she ceased bearing, it says. So we can pause here for a moment. The soap opera is going to continue. But when I read this, there's something that catches my attention but I'm curious what's catching Olivia's attention. This just makes me sad. <laughs> Go on. Uh, well, okay, so we've got female, not very loved by husband. I'm gonna have a child, then he'll love me, and it doesn't work. So I'm gonna have a second child, then he'll love me. Doesn't work. Third child, fourth child. Okay, I have a child, but, uh, Whatever about him, I guess I'm just going to love these children in the Lord and <laughs> he can do whatever. Very good. Very good. I think as sad of a story as this is, as Olivia has claimed, there is a certain beauty in this final, I don't want to say letting go because the story goes on. <laughs> but there's this moment here that reminds me of my own journey with like music and I think I probably talked about it on the cloud before but like I want to pursue music I'm chasing after music 
and you know maybe if I can get music then <laughs> this will fall into place or I'll find joy this way this way this way and it took me a long time to be able to like actually set that aside and just put my hope and joy and interest in music in God uh, after trying to get the attention of so many others with it and there's a it's such a brokenness right here because you know Leah's trying like she deserves to be loved by her husband yes there was a lot of deception going on but this is her situation now she wants to make the best of it you know and for many relationships out there people have fallen into uh, ruts in their marriage where they might find themselves doing lots of different things to try to please the spouse and the spouse either doesn't recognize it or just isn't interested and they fall into a similar place of okay I'm committed to a spouse uh, I can only do so much to generate interest out of my spouse there's also a responsibility on their behalf to show interest back in me what do I do in the meantime and there's a certain model that Leah does here is like ultimately I can only go as far as I can go and I have to rely on God meet with God love God regardless of of where I end up and so this final child there's a certain like I'm gonna put my praise in God this hasn't worked out between me and my husband I wish it would uh, but God is faithful to me regardless because he keeps giving me kids and uh, so she she has like a she feels seen in that moment it's her Hagar moment that Bir Laha Roy the well of the living one who sees me this is the child of the God who hears me this is the child to whom God I give praise so uh, it sucks and it's not right but at the same time she does keep her hopes in God who who has shown that even though she's belittled he's there I don't know other thoughts on this part of the story I mean because I know it doesn't stop here it's gonna change eventually but like you know right now if you think about it Abraham had one-ish sons (laughs) one-ish so like Isaac was the one that he focused on but technically he had two but 1.5 1.5 I guess I don't know anyway but then like um, Isaac had two sons so it's like one two and at this point of the story we now have four so normally if we're thinking like chronologically like oh this is where the story should end but I know it does not end here but oh we had four sons alright well one of them is going to be the chosen one out of the four because it was one then it was two and now it's four mm-hmm. Actually, it's interesting to think about. You guys recognize these names? Yeah. They're going to go on to be the yeah. 12 tribes of Israel to some right. extent. That list is going to grow and adapt throughout the next generation or so. But Leah, who was overseen, who, like, Rachel was, like, the one Jacob wanted. We already have, like, four of the 12 tribes of Israel are found in who? <laughs> Leah, Leah, the one who was overseen, right? Hagar may not have ended up like as the mother of Israel, but Leah is actually going to kind of end up as the mother of 
of the tribes of Israel to some extent. Some extent. Let's continue the story. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. <laughs> Which I'll pause right there for a minute. Our conception on, on sex is very scientifically minded today. We understand how sperm and eggs work. That wasn't really the way that they thought of sex back then because all they really knew was that the man sent some stuff out and maybe the womb took it in, maybe it didn't. So when, when, you, see, uh, when you see that the Bible's always putting the weight on like the woman to conceive, part of the reason for that is, is like, well, I did my thing, you know, <laughs> like it, it, anyways, I did my thing. So for that much to be said, your body is not doing the rest of it. That's as far as they can like conceive really of, of mm -hmm. how sex works. So at the same time though, Jacob has had children through Leah and can't have children through Rachel. So we also do know Rachel is the one right. who can't right. conceive. And right. it also already told us that she's barren, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she she's, she's upset about this to the point that she comes, give me children or I shall die. And that's actually like, there's a lot of anger right there. That's that's one of the more startling. It's beyond what Sarah did when, or how Sarah expressed her pain when when she was in it. Uh, Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, "Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the loom womb?" <laughs> then, it just came out naturally. Uh -huh. <laughs> then she said. Here is my servant, Bilah, go into her so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. All right. This story should sound familiar to yeah. us. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Who wants to re-explain how this art works for anyone watching right here in the middle? How this art works? Ancient art of conception when you're barren. Art is maybe not the greatest word to use. Well, it just means that Rachel becomes the surrogate for the servant. Right. When, yeah. You own a slave. You make your slave have the child. Therefore, you own that child as your own. Is the way that they treated it in ancient times. And that's the surrogate process. Which is not there. good. No, it's not. And you can imagine that Billa's probably not super interested in this. But Leah can't find a way to have a kid. She's barren. And so she decides to go with this ancient conception idea. Uh, so she gave him her servant, Billa, as a wife, and Jacob went into her. And Billa conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan, which is <laughs> one of the less epic sounding of the tribes. Uh, but Dan sounds like judged in Hebrew. So Rachel's servant, Billa, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. She named his, uh, she called his name Naphtali, which means good fortune has come. Uh, you can pause there for a minute. We're seeing the drama of the family. Imagine, imagine that there's a word out there for Casey's a jerk. <laughs> and I have a child, and me and Casey have had a hard time. And I named my kid Casey is a jerk. <laughs> right? Like, it wouldn't, 
It wouldn't strengthen our relationship very much. But this is basically what Rachel's... I've had a child through my slave, and I've, I've rejoiced uh, that I've wrestled with my sister and prevailed. And so, like, it's out of the wrestling with my sister that I named my child. So, well, and, like, I don't know, I try to, try to imagine the fact that, like, this would be, like, a sibling rivalry that's going on. And, like, just the competition that's happening before our eyes. But the scoreboard is children. Like, that's the scoreboard for your sibling rivalry. And I'm like, if there's ever something not to use as a scoreboard, it is definitely children. Real human beings. (laughs) And yet, that's what's going on here. They're fighting back and forth of it. You can imagine just... Leo walking up to Naftali one day, like, Hi, Naftali. Oh. <laughs> so, so far the score is four to two. Four, four to two. Because Rachel at least has to know, like, these aren't really my children. Well, right. It would be so, four zero dash two, but she, that's, you're starting to become way too complicated. Well, yeah, okay. All right. But the, the soap opera. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her sil- servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Okay. Pause again. Pause again. We saw earlier that she stopped bearing after having a fourth child. And right here, for that reason, she grabs Zilpa. Keep that in mind. So it's 1-4-0-2. Well, there's a few, yeah, there's a, some things that we should wonder about right here and I don't fully know which way to go with it but we're going to come back to that so remember that but she takes Zilpah her own servant servant and gives her to Jacob as a wife then Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son so now we're bringing in a fourth element here and Leah said good fortune has come so she called his name Gad which is like good luck basically lady luck but Man luck. Anyway, Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said, Happy am I, for women have called me happy. So she called his name Asher. In the days of the wheat harvest, yeah, to four, (laughs) zero, to two. That's the scoreboard. In the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben, which was Leah's son, went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. You know what a mandrake is? <laughs> do you know what a mandrake is? Yes. Yeah, explain what that looks like. Or do you know what it looks like, or you've only eaten it? Or no, I haven't eaten it, but I'm like you're just thinking of Harry Potter, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that little weird little almost yeah. torso-looking creature uh-huh. food was kind of like the erotic fruit of ancient times. Mandrake. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It was it was considered an aphrodisiac. So, like, if you wait, wasn't it a curse in Harry Potter? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Aphrodisiac curse? Probably not. It's a children's book. But in this particular case, in ancient times, like something else, mandrakes are going to come up in the Song of Solomon, which is as as it gets. You know. Why is why it? Why do you keep making that noise? Why is it there? It's there because we all know when we say mandrakes, we're thinking about sex. Now you are, if you weren't before. Anyways, it comes up here in this story. Reuben, nothing like your son finding your 
sexual medicines in the harvest. But Reuben knows what these are for, for sure, and gives it to his mom, because he also knows that his mom... Wants another son. Maybe, yeah, okay. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you... Where was I? I don't know. Taking away your husband. Take away my husband. Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came from field in the evening, Leah went out and met him and said, you must come in to me for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. Nothing like playing some weird prostitution game with your husband. I don't fully know what's going on right here, but it's strange to say the least. Uh, so he lay with her that night. All right, so let's pause here. Let's pause here. We just learned that, like, Jacob's always sleeping with Rachel and not with Leah. And we know that Leah can't conceive, but this story seems to show, well, at least that she wants to have sex, if not conceive. And this whole story is like, we're, we're, I, I, I start to wonder around here, Wait, is it that she can't conceive because something has scientifically changed in her? Or is it that Jacob has completely neglected her at this point, not giving her the chance to conceive any more children? And if that's the case, that makes Zilpa look even more like of a perverted moment for Jacob of like, well, I don't want to sleep with you anymore, but I guess if you want to give me your servant so I can sleep with her, sure, I'll do that. You know, like I don't. I don't know. We're reading into it. We can't fully know, but commentators wonder, like, is Jacob not doing his job? Or is Leah actually, like, now become barren herself? Because Leah's servant... No, 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 no. God... No, no. God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. So it's two, five, zero, two. Yeah. It's the scoreboard. So she called his name Issachar, which means it sounds like the word for wages or hire. Nothing like naming your child after. Remember the time I paid my husband to have sex with me, right? Nonetheless, though, Issachar shall carry on that meaning in his name. Um, Wages actually is a word used a lot throughout Jacob's story. And now it's become so much of Jacob and money and like, all these types of things as literally his child's named after wages now. You know, it's, there's a lot of brokenness. <laughs> and Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sick son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So this is where like six, zero, two, where Jamin suddenly wants to play music again. And and now, like, has all the same dreams all over again, even though he's tried to put that in the past. We now almost kind of see maybe that moment with Leah of, like, maybe this time, even though, you know, I've given this over to God, maybe, maybe this time, you know. Uh, and so she comes along and names a child after that, hoping that her husband will finally respect her. Now, quick question. What are the ages of the kids at this point? Because there's two six zero two, so there's ten kids at this point. If you were to have a child like every two ish years, 
because usually you'd have to have a child and wean it. I don't know how long it would take for them to wean back then because that's free food. I right. don't I don't know what you want to just toss that out the window in ancient world right. where we have formula and we some people just move quicker. Uh, but there's also three women bearing the children, so there's also that. Yeah, so some of them could be happening at the same time. And yeah, so who knows? But if we have six, eight of them, how many are we? Ten. In? Ten. Two, six, zero, two. One of them's probably at least ten by now. I, I don't know. Uh, afterward, uh, Leah conceived again. She bore Jacob's sixth son. We said that. So she called his name Zebulun, and then afterward, she bore a daughter. And named, and called her name Dinah. This is the first daughter we've had. This is the first daughter we've had. And it's important when the Bible does call attention to, like, like for us we know, of course we call attention to women, but when the Bible is thematically doing something different than it usually does, like right here, we know that it's setting us up for something, or calling our attention to pay attention to Dinah. Dinah is going to play an important part in a story coming up and unfortunately it is a rough story that is not fun to read but she's going to become a character within Genesis and they want to introduce you to her right here uh, so that you know her when she comes up later so wait this is Leah's daughter so this is the seventh child of Leah but she's had six sons yeah okay so 2702. Yes. Then God remembered Rachel. Rachel. God remembered Rachel. God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son, which God will give her one more son, uh, Benjamin, to which... If I remember right, she will die when she has Benjamin. Uh, which birth in the ancient world was difficult. Brutal, Brutal difficult. Think of it this way. When we had Becky, we had a C-section. Mm -hmm. Because he would not come out otherwise. My wife would have died. My son would have died. Jericho was a C-section, which was good because there were other things we noticed when she came out she could have died all that being said like that's today the only reason my whole family is alive is because of modern medicine in ancient times you did not have those procedures which meant childbirth was an easy way to pass away i wouldn't be here just think of every person you know is at a c-section because they had to in ancient times they would not have lived right so in ancient times like all the more reason childbirth is a big deal is because like surviving it and going through it and especially because they try to have so many children uh all the more reason like leah lives longer than rachel rachel passes away on child two leah has like seven children without dying and complications like it's a it's a pretty intense story so wait, right now we're at the joseph part so the the scoreboard is Two, seven, one, two. Except that one is such a big deal to Jacob that it's more like 20 versus zero. <laughs> right? Because where does Jacob does exactly what his dad did? 
His dad played favorites. Jacob plays favorites. And just, he loves his wife, Rachel. And he loves the son that Rachel gave him. And think of it this way. You now have four families <laughs> living, trying to pretend that they're one family. Who are the ones who are pretty much going to throw Jake, uh, Joseph into slavery? His brothers. Everyone who belongs with the other families, right? Mm -hmm. Except for Benjamin. But all the other ones are going to like... You just imagine. You got rivalry, family rivalry within your family. <laughs> and it's basically like all the sons of the other moms are going to group up on one of them. So it's like stepmom and sibling rivalry all mixed into one. Yeah. And Joseph doesn't even make it any easier. He's always talking about how great he is in God's eyes, you know. <laughs> Dad loves you. God loves you. You can imagine with all of this background going on that this is a broken family with a lot of anger. Anyways, all that being said, we now have a better look at some ancient culture, but also a better look at the characterizations of these ancient people <laughs> who are going to go on to be the 12 tribes of Israel fathered through the God of Jacob brought about by the promise to Abraham. Like this is our founding stories. And the Bible tells stories exactly as they are oftentimes without, there's no narrator be like, and that was a bad thing. You know, like it's expecting you, sometimes it will go there, but a lot of times it tells you the story point blank and expects you to catch on to everything that's going on. And this is a story of where bigamy and polygamy and, and surrogation and all these other things just ultimately explode upon each other, creating the soap opera that is Genesis. So, any thoughts? Too big of a family. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well with that being said, let's hear your thoughts. On the Discord! There's a link below. Feel free to come join us and continue the conversation further. And be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. Catch us in our next episode as we talk about sheep. <laughs>